This is Hemet. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. Hi, Jess. Hi, Hemet. How's your week going? It's been all right. Has it, has it been all right or has it been objectively terrible? It's been pretty terrible for reasons that have nothing to do with the podcast and mm-hmm. everything to do with giant floods everywhere in my life because yeah. of bad weather. Yep. But. Haven't I have had singularly poor weeks, <laughs> which always makes for fun. It's noon, and I went downstairs to get a pop for recording, and I accidentally came back with a beer. Accidentally. It was, I really, like, literally walked away with the pop. I was like, no. So I'm drinking New Glarus Cabin Fever, if you are ever in Wisconsin. I've been there. You don't drink beer, though. I don't. It was such a not useful trip <laughs> for me. It was a cute place, though. Yeah, no, my folks live in um, in Wisconsin. And Cabin Fever, it, so New Glarus only sells in Wisconsin. Spotted Cow is its favorite, famous thing. But they sell this Cabin Fever, which is my favorite beer, and they sell it one month per year. <laughs> so whenever we find it, we, like, go crazy and stock nice. up on it. So. This uh, is my self-pity beer. So while we're talking about horrible things, <laughs> let's get this out of the way because yeah. this is Thursday when we're recording this and there was a school shooting, another mm-hmm. one yesterday uh, in Florida. And I mean, here's the thing about this, which is the reactions to the shooting are, it's, we've heard the story before. It's, it's always repeat. the same. Yeah. It's always Republicans and Christians saying thoughts and prayers, mm-hmm. but doing nothing of significance. Mm-hmm. And I think the one that really struck out, uh, struck out, no, the one that stuck out to me was from Marco Rubio because Senator from Florida, his word matters more, yes. I guess, in a situation like this because it's from his state. Uh-huh. Um, and he said something on Twitter yesterday where he said, you know, today is that terrible day you pray never comes. <laughs> he also said to Fox News, a day you pray will never happen has happened. And it's like... Hashtag hopes and prayers. Have you figured out that your prayers for this day to not happen it's an, has that happened? It doesn't mean anything to them. At what point do people who make the same prayer requests right. over and over realize that their prayers are not stopping this? Right. There's another guy, a radio host we've talked about, Brian Fisher, uh, works for the American Family Association, more uh-huh. or less. Uh, I don't know if he still does, but he definitely has a tie with them. He said something like, if the kids in that school had basically mandatory prayers mm-hmm. uh, before today, not praying after the fact, but beforehand, then this would never have happened. Oh, cool. As if getting Super rid of the First Amendment yeah, would have been the solution to this. It's always, you know, they would rather get rid of the First Amendment mm-hmm. than get rid of the Second Amendment. In a situation like this, they, like... Number two, never comes up for a conversation with them. Yeah. But the First Amendment and getting rid of church-state separation and establishing a religion, mm-hmm. that somehow in their heads makes sense as a way to stop this. Even though, by the way, there was a shooting in a Charleston church in 2015. Like, we had one in Texas last November. Even in churches, this happens. Prayer is not stopping it, and mm-hmm. it doesn't solve it. But I don't know. When Even when it happened at a church, they're like, they would find an excuse for that. Yeah. That has nothing to do with prayer. Yeah, and I actually wanted because I was watching uh, today, I, I DVR Matto, not to brag, but yeah. I, was, I was watching <laughs> last the night. the most liberal <laughs> slash know. whitest thing you've God, ever God, sometimes I just, like, I think I might be devolving into self-parody. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so she was covering the press conference with uh, Governor Rick Scott in Florida, and somebody asked a pretty pointed question about, like, what the fuck are you going to do about this thing? And they did this thing that we see time and time again of if somebody has the mind to do this thing, nothing we can do. 
we'll stop it. And I, I find that to be so abhorrent and such a garbage point of view. Um, I recently, what's the onion headline that they repeat every time oh, this happens. I can't believe this is happening again. Says the only place this has ever happened. Yeah. Um, other countries have mentally ill people. Mm-hmm. This doesn't happen there. And like guns or excuse me. And like trucks and knives. So like, right. yeah, people. So, um, I was recently doing research on uh, the Port Arthur Massacre. Have you heard of that? The Australian one. Yeah, so that was in Australia in 1996. Um, Basically, one man um, had a stockpile of guns, went to uh, Port Arthur in Tasmania, which is like a tourist spot, a former prison colony, um, and killed 35 people, wounded 23, and just... And it was all automatic weapons and just, like, laid waste. It's when you hear the description of the violence and then they're like, yeah, this took place in 30 seconds and it's pages and pages. Um, And so I wanted to bring that up to say this happened in 1996. Right after that happened, um, the Australian government set up a mandatory government buyback program uh, for automatic weapons. And because they looked at these tourists and these people who are trying to go see a historic site and like have lunch in a cafe who just got murdered. Totally innocent people. Totally innocent people. And they said, we have to do something about this. And and to be clear, this guy was a white dude. They still don't know his motivations. It it clearly he was a disturbed fella, but whether or not he was diagnosed, he was right. disturbed. And so they um, issued this mandatory government buyback program. They spent uh, shoot, I had the number. Um, essentially, they had thirteen mass shootings between nineteen seventy nine and nineteen ninety six. Since 1996, and this article is as of 2015, so I don't think anything's happened since then, but um, they've had zero. They've had zero mass shootings. Is that rounded down from, like, 100? Oh, yeah. it's (laughs) No, Hammond, it is a true zero. It Ah. is a goose egg. Um, And it's just this... It's like they took action instead of praying and and stuff changed. And it wasn't super popular at the time. Like, it wasn't, like... I, th- I feel like Americans who tell the, like, post-Port Arthur story have this sort of romanticized version of, like, the country banded together and decided no more, and they took away guns and blah, blah, blah. It really wasn't, it wasn't as popular as we want it to believe. But, like, the but results anyway. speak for themselves. Yeah. Like, I don't, I think this sort of, like, obsession with the Second Amendment is is really weird because... It's always this image of we have to stand against the government, but these, but it feels like the Venn diagram of people who are like super pro amendment because what if the government is going to come for them? They need to protect themselves, and people who are either in the military or very strong in military rights seems to be a really big overlap. So I guess I just don't know who they think is coming. For, I don't know. Like maybe yeah. that's disrespectful. How many to say. enemies do they have? To yeah, quote Jim it, Jeffries. Yeah. Um, there was I was watching the new Chris Rock special that came out yesterday oh, yeah? because that's what I do. Uh, he had this whole bit about th- the argument that you said earlier about how what Rick Scott said, that you can't stop a person like this from doing this sort of thing. But other weapons don't kill yes. that many people in that short of a time. And the Chris Rock joke, I'm going to paraphrase it and then butcher it, of course, mm-hmm. is that, no, if someone had a knife and they stabbed 100 people, yeah. the Chris Rock joke was like 97 of them totally deserved it. Because <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you see it happening, you could get out of there or whatever. <laughs> but with the gun, when it happens that fast and it, it can happen, like... In seconds. You can't get away. It happens in seconds. Like... 
that's a unique type of weapon mm-hmm. that in the wrong hands can lead to chaos. So yeah. it's not all weapons. It's not the disturbed individuals. It's disturbed individuals, clinically or not, plus access to weapons. Right. And of course, the one thing, what does Donald Trump do about guns? He signed the bill making it easier for mentally ill people to get weapons. And then, and then he, he criticizes mentally ill stuff and well, like and says, then he does this, we like, need to we- fix that. He does this weird victim blamey thing of what he tweeted about how oh, in the months and and weeks leading up to this shooting, this guy was, like, acting strange and, like, people really need to report these things. Like, yeah, Donald Trump, that's Mm. the fucking problem. I saw a tweet earlier that was like, okay, I'd like to report a crazy person (laughs) who has access to a lot of nuclear weapons. Yeah. Who should I tell that one to, Donald Trump? Yeah. Um, And just to kind of wrap that up, I'm in a... I live in Aurora, Illinois, and I'm in, like... It's called What's Happening, Aurora, which... It's just shit that's going going on in the community. And first of all, I spent a lot of yesterday arguing with homophobes. Because, hey, did you hear? This isn't one of my news items, but Mm -hmm. Aurora is having its first gay pride parade. Oh, really? I'm super stoked about it. It's really exciting. Take that, Naperville rich people. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so I was arguing with a homophobe who did the, like, biblical thing. Um, So that took up a lot of my night. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was very satisfying. But today, somebody brought up, like, what do you think about metal detectors in schools yeah. or whatever? Like, what what do we need to do? And person after person after person said the only solution is to arm the teachers. Oh, my God. And I just... Like that, I don't even wait into. These people have no idea how on edge teachers can get after a rough day. Well, and just <laughs> that's the description of an arms race. Yeah. Like it just to me that's the most absurd, like post apocalyptic dystopian future that I could possibly imagine. Imagine, imagine you're like kindergarten classroom yes. with the letters of the alphabet and the Play-Doh. And, like, and the gun in the corner behind like a glass case or something. I don't know. It's just it, it it's asto- <laughs> it's astounding. And, and it's, it's uniquely it's like uniquely an American, American thing. Which is why I don't understand <laughs> why people are so willing to like fold and say, well, there's nothing to do. Right. Like this throwing up because of our hands. Because the rest hands. of the world doesn't exist to us. It we sh- don't care and, what other countries and I, do. And I grant you, like, the rest of the world doesn't have the Second Amendment, like, <laughs> and that is a singularly American issue, and I, I mean, I don't know. I don't other know what to say anymore. countries take more action because they're not, like, they're not because sponsored by the religious right. They're not sponsored by the NRA. Yes. It's not just one group of people with crazy amounts of power yes. who just make all the wrong decisions yeah. all the time. And this sort of, uh, my my friend Leslie, who I uh, recorded an episode of the bonus podcast with, um, she's from Kentucky. And we were talking about this idea of being armed, not just as a like last second or last last ditch effort to protect yourself. But these, she was telling me the story of like a person she worked with got mugged. Um, he pulled out a gun and shot the guy. The guy pulled out a gun, shot him, killed him. Like that's what happens. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, and this, everybody had, I feel like the kind of people who would carry a gun with them to like jewel or Kroger or wherever you are in the country, is it the kind of person who's like, I hope I never have to use this. I hope no, they're, they, they all want to be the superhero. Yes, and that's what's <laughs> scary to me. Yeah. It, I don't know. It's you just, don't understand them because you DVR Maddow. <laughs> I um, like her. I, I find too. her really likable. You want to um, move to a different story that's not as depressing and kind of funny? Okay. Okay. Here's the story. Pastor in Pennsylvania. 
He gets caught by the police with a dude in his car. Okay. Okay, they're doing whatever it is they do. Oh, like in a sexual manner? Yes. Okay. And according to the reports, when the police stopped this guy, because someone must have seen them and Mm -hmm. called the cops, and the cops went by the car, this pastor, uh, George Nelson Gregory, he tells the officers, we were just playing. We meet up from time to time to play with each other. By the way, the other guy was naked and bound with rope, which whatever gets you off, man. Yeah. I don't care. It sounds like, by the way, both of them said it was consensual. Oh, okay. So cool. fine. There's, I, I don't care. But, you know, don't do it in public. That's kind of creepy. Um, and literally, like, the reason the guy called the cops is because, like, this was, he was seeing them out of his daughter's win- like bedroom window. Oh, no. Like, in the daylight. Whatever. So, yeah. uh, But whatever. I don't care what you do in your spare time. I don't even care if you're a pastor who does that, though that's a hypocrisy thing which we could talk about. But here's the thing. The police report makes local news because police reports do make local news. Um, And now his name was tied to the story. So what does the pastor do? Now he denies everything that the initial report said. He's like, no, no, no. I, I was counseling him because he's an addict. And, and so I tied him up and put meth right in front of his face. It just happened. Um, yeah. Oh I was counseling God. a young man with a drug problem. It did turn strange. I'm <gasps> quoting him. But it wasn't my doing, okay? And I was adamant that I'm not participating in that way. And so when the police pulled up and they assumed things, but I'm standing by my story, it's not true. But my favorite thing that the pastor said... Yeah, go ahead. I swear on a stack of Bibles, I am not guilty of doing it. Oh, buddy. I, you know, Hemant, you know when sometimes we're like driving to go record or go get something to eat and all of a sudden I just hogtie myself in your back seat? Yeah. It happens to it happens. everybody. Totally. It's a non sexual thing. Yeah. So a that stack is... of Bibles will not be representing him in court. Mm-hmm. So really? good luck to this guy. Um, but, but wait, again, are they like, charging them with like public indecency? I think that's okay. the issue. Yeah. Open lewdness oh. is the Ooh. charge. Um, Doesn't open lewdness sound like a crime from like 1862? <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, I should say <laughs> the, pastor, ankle. the pastor had his clothes on, which again, that's a little weird. Why do you have your clothes on and the other guy's hogtied Listen, in the back? I, mean, I don't really understand the kinks. Let's not try to understand every kink. Yeah. Well, uh, so stack of Bibles versus the police seeing the naked guy in ropes in the backseat of his but car how, wait, with the pastor. How many Bibles did they have? Uh, just, a stack. No, no, no. How many Bibles did the police have? Um, I'm sure another stack. <laughs> Stacks abound. Stacks everywhere. Um, I've got a thing. Do we want to do? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, in Albuquerque, the, um, Albuquerque Journal ran a cartoon, um, and it's super racist. I'm going to show it to Hemant. Okay. Have you seen this yet? So essentially it's a white couple being held up in an alley Mm -hmm. they have their arms up and the husband is saying now honey i believe they prefer to be called dreamers dot 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 or future democrats so So they're being robbed by the so-called dreamers right so it's three people that are holding them up one is has a vest that is ms 18 is that the gang 13 13? whatever that a well-known gang Mm -hmm. not necessarily affiliated with immigrants that i know of there is a a terrorist did you see this with like full of bombs on his body you know because that's that's what everyone does 
and then just sort of a uh, uh, what the whites would call a gangbanger <laughs> with like his jeans down below his his butt and a backwards hat because backwards mm-hmm. hats, you know how they are. So people weren't thrilled because mm-hmm. this person was basically saying that dreamers are necessarily gangbangers, gangbangers terrorists. And, and Democrats. And Democrats, mm-hmm. which, I mean, you and I specifically are, but we do not I'm represent. I'm armed right now. The, 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 <laughs> Under what this if, hoodie is I a, don't know what I would do if you pulled out a gun just to, like, have in the table. I, like, I don't know how I would react. And as I'm a not, vegetarian oh, who, <laughs> I don't know what the hell I would do with a gun, frankly. I don't want to brag, but I lived in Montana for a while. I'm a really good shot. <laughs> That's a true story about me. Nice. Um, so this uh, this was by uh, Sean Delanus, D E L O N A S. Delanus. Okay, so what's Delanus? he doing now? So do they? Pun? Um, do they so say people anything? were unhappy, and they uh, <laughs> they released the following quote unquote apology. Our editorial pages offer views from all sides of the spectrum, and we realize some of the content will offend readers. We do not agree with many of those views, but their purpose purpose is to spark discussion and debate. In hindsight, instead of generating debate, (laughs) this cartoon only inflamed emotions. This is not the intent, nor does the journal condone racism or bigotry in any form. Which, there's like four parts of this. That was like a Jessica-flavored eye roll. (laughs) Like this... Yeah, the debate is, I'll either stop my subscription or you know what I mean? Like, like what are you hope to, uh, who someone had to see that? Yeah. Like it, I it mean, didn't raise any red flags for them before it went into print. Like how many eyes are on like your blog posts before it goes on the Zero, internet, oh. which is scary. <laughs> I try very hard to make sure it's, I I'm an editor, self editor or something, but like that's not the case with the newspaper. No, right. So it, it just, this, it's so unhelpful and so fucking dangerous. It's so mm-hmm. dangerous to continue this narrative that like Hispanic people are all criminals because it's, and we kind of talk about this time and time again, when many people on the right and the left is not immune to this by, by any stretch, get a narrative in their head. There's nothing you can say to them that will deter them from it. So going back to the gun thing, if you have a gun in your house, you're much more likely to be sh- to be shot by it than to scare off a, a burglar or whatever. If dreamers have really low rates of of uh criminality yeah, low arrest criminal rates, records really are gone. Clean criminal records, mm-hmm. high uh, rates of having degrees are generally productive members of society and we can show people that in numbers. But you see one cartoon like this, and they're like, oh, yeah, I forgot backwards hats. <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah. Anyway, it just was, I just saw this cartoon and was like, oh, is this from 1952? I wonder how many people saw that cartoon and just laughed. Is oh. that the, I it, mean, it's a political it, cartoon. They're not supposed to necessarily <laughs> make you laugh, but I don't know what they're supposed to make you think either, other than this person who drew this is an ignorant moron. Well, I think, I, okay. Here's my theory. I think it's about the sense, like quote unquote, sensitivity of like liberals to like calling things by their proper name. Mm-hmm. So like, does that make sense? Like it, like they want to say illegal immigrants or uh, what you know, and we're like, well, we can say undocumented immigrants or like dreamers who are the specific. I wonder if it's a dig at that of. That just sounds like a racist guy who doesn't know. No, it's stuff. A, I, he yes. just assumes the worst of everybody. Correct. I don't know if that's like a that's a PC 
argument or something. That, yeah. Oh, liberals yeah, that's are too what PC. I was, Okay. Anyway. Uh, let me go to this one about a teacher in Colorado mm-hmm. who, this is what I learned a couple of weeks ago. Beginning of the month, some teacher at A-N-G-E Vine, Angevine, Angevine Middle School, some teacher named Karen Smith, a gym teacher, she was put on paid administrative leave because according to reports that were coming out, Mm -hmm. she had assaulted a student who didn't want to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Yikes. We don't really know what happened. Like, there's really no, uh, it's not like we even have one side of the story. We really don't have much of any details about what happened, but apparently this Kid didn't want to do it. The only thing we know is that the police in that community said this woman, who's been in the classroom for like 20 years plus, Mm -hmm. quote, grabbed the boy by the jacket, lifted him to his feet, and dragged him out of class. Yikes. That's according to the police reports. She she didn't say anything, Uh and the school's not commenting, obviously. They said, we'll do an investigation. So she's out of the classroom for now. Uh She finally, as of like yesterday got charged with stuff. So now the charges are child abuse, recklessly and with injury, and third-degree assault. And so I looked this up in Colorado. If she is convicted of these charges, third-degree assault could land her in jail for up to six months. The child abuse charges, specifically the ones that were attributed to her, is punishable by six to 18 months in prison and a fine anywhere between $500 and $5,000, maybe both of those things. So in theory, she could be in jail for up to two years and a $5,000 fine if they really slammed her on this. Mm -hmm. Or maybe she's not in jail if the charges are dropped or whatever. I don't know her side of the story here, but it it's not the first time I've heard of a teacher like physically responding to a student who doesn't want to stand up for the pledge for whatever the reason is. Mm -hmm. And it's baffling to me that there are still teachers who don't understand that the pledge is optional everywhere. Yeah. uh, That kids have good reasons not to stand for the pledge. And it's not just under God, that phrase. Right. Sometimes it's protesting. This is like sort of the NFL protests uh, saying that we don't really have justice for all. Uh And it's stupid to say that we do. That's a lie. So they don't want to stand for a pledge that assumes we have justice for all when they know we don't. Yeah. Well, and even if they... And Jehovah's Witnesses don't want to stand for any sort of pledge. And uh, there are other groups that have other reasons for not standing. But even if they don't have a good reason, like... Yeah, they don't need a reason. They don't need a good reason. You're right. Um, And this idea that forced patriotism, like you have to stand up, is patriotism. Like looking at the sort of the Pledge of Allegiance every morning, even to some extent the National Anthem before sports games... Sports ball games. Yes. I like it. Feel it. There's just sometimes I look at them like, oh, this feels a little dystopian to yeah. me. Of like this sort of everybody stand up and do the thing. Uh, and if, if you don't, North Korea did it, you'd be like, those people are brainwashed. Yeah. Like, and especially if you've ever been to, you've been to, we've been to a baseball game together. So I can say definitively. Sports ball. <laughs> definitively. So, you know, everybody stands up for the for the national anthem, and obviously nobody is, like, quote-unquote, forced to, but you better believe if somebody <laughs> leaves their hat on or doesn't right. stand up, they are going to get some nasty looks, especially if you're in the bleachers. You have to look out for those motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> They'll get you. Um, that is very true. Ugh, that's so sad. Like, wh- as a teacher, what... What are you thinking? What are you thinking? And who the hell gets that worked up over the pledge? I mean, as a as a former teacher for several years, it's like... All right, it's this again. All yeah. right, do it. All right, let's move on to actual stuff that matters right. instead of this. 
Um, I just, I don't get anyone who, I forget the physical abuse, that's out of bounds, obviously, but even anyone who's like, no, you have to stand for the pledge. No, who cares? Yeah. It's the pledge. Say it in your head if right. you want to right. and move on. Why, are, why is this such a big deal to you? I want to talk about Amarosa. Mm. Why? I don't know. But she's on Celebrity Big Brother oh and she just got fired from the administration and obviously, the big thing she's known for is just wanting her 15 minutes no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so the thing she said this week that got a lot of attention, uh, she already had said the Trump administration is just a burning dumpster fire yes. already. And that's we coming that. from her. That's coming from her, who is a burning dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, yeah, they're crazy. But she also said about Mike Pence this week. As bad as y'all think Trump is, you would be worried about Pence. So everybody that's wishing for impeachment might want to reconsider their Mm -hmm. lives. We would be begging for days of Trump back if Pence became president. And she went on to say, he's extreme. I'm Christian. I love Jesus. But he thinks Jesus tells him to say things. I'm like, Jesus ain't saying that. Oh, my God. She is a minister, by the way, like an ordained minister. Is and, she? Yeah, she is. Well, so and am I, Mike so Pence, let's not... I know. And, but she is a Christian. And Mike Pence, obviously, is known for being an evangelical bigot who likes gay conversion therapy and all uh-huh. that stuff. So for Amorosa to say that about Mike Pence is like one Christian saying, oh, my God, that guy's, like, ridiculously Christian. Right. I should point out, take it with a grain of salt. She's trying to get attention. She'll say anything to get attention, so whatever. <laughs> But it's not, she's not wrong. Yeah. Well, she, I was listening to uh, Pod Save America and they played a clip of her talking to, I think it was Ross Matthews, who's a like E network personality who I actually like a lot. I think he's adorable. Um, And he's like sitting and talking to her and like they're talking these really like hushed reverent tones about like, why did you even take this job? And she was (laughs) like, well, I just had to do my duty to the to the country you know your, it's your natural national duty your duty to the country you're not helping but, but the best part is he was like and ross matthews is a gay gentleman and he's like should we be nervous and i'm like honey are you not nervous yet <laughs> what oh I, my god oh it's just such a like i'd be more worried about his naivete if it wasn't for the fact that she's insane (laughs) and everyone who work how do you work for these people i don't i don't we all see this coming like from a mile away away, and they're all like in there they're like i can't believe it's this chaotic we've been telling you this forever and that's i I, I read the fire and fury book which it was fine the thing with it was everything that happened like there's some anecdotes that i found really like jarring but everything that happened is shit we've all been talking about right like nothing new is revealed the only thing that i think is interesting is trump's response to fire and fury just reaffirms everything that that they said in fire and fury um speaking of the white house Mm -hmm. so okay i I have to say these notes that i have are from last week sorry we didn't record together last (laughs) week the snow was happening in chicago it Mm -hmm. was a bananas but um so last week is when the stuff with Rob Porter, who's a uh, a top White House aide, from what I can tell from Maddow, like his <laughs> he's a staff secretary, I think, and that's a job that he sees everything. And first of all, and he might have been deputy chief of staff, or they, he, they were getting groomed that. for yeah. that. Um, also, the number of people who don't have security clearances is getting alarming. Like, it's like 130 or something? Yeah, and it's like that includes Ivanka and, and uh, Jared. Jared and just like, and this dude. I have as much security clearance as they do, but yeah. they see all the classified stuff. 
and that's what I think about all the time, like this laundry list of people who are no longer with the White House, but still have seen classified information. Like, what is to... It's almost like they were complaining about Hillary's emails, not because they actually cared about security, oh my God. but because they're just hypocrites. Yeah. So uh, Rob Porter um, has been accused by two of his ex-wives of spousal abuse, abuse, one of whom showed a picture of her black eye that apparently he... Um, he hit her. So he is he resigned, um, but not after White House Chief of Staff John Kelly, who he's still in place as of today, he right? He is still in place. So it's what, Thursday the 15th? Yeah, give it noon-ish. 10 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, that's what we have to, like, timestamp <laughs> these episodes. Um, apparently, um, John Kelly uh, said, a lot of people said he should stay and fight the charges, which, like, jerk-off motion. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly... Uh, called him a, quote, man of true integrity and honor, adding he's a friend, a confidant, hashtag Golden Girls, and (laughs) a trusted professional and proud to serve alongside him. Um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I've worked with Rod Porter nearly every day for the last year, and the person I know is someone of the highest integrity and exemplary character. It bothers me that the other person defending him is, like, this Indian guy who... Oh, really? Has a last name. That's part of my community of Indian people, and it's like Rod Shah or something. But like, oh, it's another Republican Indian. They're always just, it's him yeah, and Bobby the, Jindal. The Jindals. And oh, yeah, piss me off. It's pretty bad. Um, I really thought um, Trump's response was interesting. First of all, he like did this rambling A thing. A pie. God damn it. You <laughs> I mean, I do feel the same way anytime there's like a woman working for the White House. I'm like, girl, what are you doing? <laughs> we have to stand together. Um Nikki Haley. Yeah, Nikki Haley. Um, Such embarrassments. It really is embarrassing. And they're all, the vast majority of them are children of immigrants, right? Like, yeah. Because, like, the, <laughs> what, the brain drain of India was the 70s? Uh, yeah. But, so what I think is interesting, where did I put my phone, uh, is Trump's response. Because, first of all, he did this very long rambly speech about, like, we wish him well. He did such good work. We're so sad to lose him. Like, completely ignoring the context of why he was leaving. Then he had that famous quote, that famous tweet, people's lives are being shattered and destroyed by a mere allegation, which I I don't know what to say. Like, if I have to stand by and listen to more people feel sorry for men who are credibly being accused of beating their wives or women in their life... I don't know, like, I don't know what to say. Like, this is just time and time again, Trump specifically, society in general, saying we don't care about women's physical well-being, what we care about men's careers. Mm -hmm. If that picture of his ex-wife's black eye didn't come out... Oh, my God, she'd be, yeah. Um, Who knows what they'd be doing with him? He'd be still there right now. And then he also said, this is Trump, I'm totally opposed to domestic violence, and everyone here knows that. Totally opposed to domestic violence of any kind. Everyone knows that. And it almost If everyone knew that, why do you have to say it twice? And it almost wouldn't even have to be said, so now you hear it, but you all know it. So first of, <laughs> <laughs> first of all, uh-huh. his syntax is upsetting. Second of all... <laughs> Trump has not only been... We know Trump's tick. Every time he is telling a lie, he says it repeatedly and says, you all know it. What he didn't say, which is normally his tick, is um, I'm the most opposed to domestic (laughs) violence. Which Trump, I want to reiterate, A, has been accused of rape by at least one of his, his wives and also has been accused of sexually assaulting women 
on an airplane. Like, and this, like, it's just. <sighs> they had him on camera bragging about it. He, it's just so, we don't, we don't care. That's what it comes down to. We don't care about women and their well-being if it means a man has to have any slight consequence in their life. It's, it's absurd. Like, fucking Mel Gibson is back in movies. Like, are we just deciding there's no consequences for anybody anymore? But these are the same people who are like, oh, if somebody gets an abortion, she should definitely be, like, put in jail. Like, where are your priorities? Well, these are the same people that watch a school shooting and they're like, eh, we just need more guns, let's do nothing. Even when their own people get shot at the softball field or something, they're like, can't do anything, it just happens. How many times have I said this? When Sandy Hook happened and we did nothing about gun control, we lost the fight. We lost Mm -hmm. the fight. There's nothing to be done. Also, in Jefferson, Indiana, Emanuel Baptist Church had a sign that said, stop sexual harassment, wear clothes. So basically, Uh fuck everyone this week. Actually, this is last week. Yes. Two weeks running. Go ahead, Hammett. All right. Done with my notes. You just threw them away. I did. Okay. This happened in Tennessee, and this was surprising to me. I wasn't expecting what happened. Here's the backstory. In 2016, during that crazy election, mm-hmm. one of the people running for the Tennessee State Senate was Gail Jordan, uh, running for State Senate just south of Nashville. It's a really red area in an already red state. Uh-huh. So she's a Democrat. She's actually an open atheist, which Yay. is relevant here. So the fact that she was open about her atheism before the election in Tennessee, it's yeah. like, I don't know what the hell your strategy is, but I'm glad you're doing it because I want more atheists running, especially when I agree with their politics. Mm-hmm. Um, so she lost. This is not a surprise. What? She in Tennessee? I know. She didn't just lose. She lost by 50 points. But Yikes. she kind of saw that coming, I think, because... Uh, she said, you know, she wanted to run to give people an alternative. This is a district where most times Democrats don't even run yeah, an opponent, and she wanted to be a progressive alternative. So she did it. Now, not only is she an open atheist, she actually serves as the executive director for a group called Recovering from Religion, mm-hmm. which helps oh, yeah. people leave the fold and all that stuff. So anyway, uh, it turns out the guy who beat her in 2016 Donald Trump just tapped that guy to serve as the director of the Department of Agriculture's Rural Development Office, whatever, some federal position. Mm -hmm. The guy's taking the job. He's out of his seat. Tennessee's holding a special election a month from now to replace him. So they're having a special election. So naturally, Gail Jordan says, I'm going to run again because, hey, the the country's changed since Trump took office. Mm -hmm. There is more of an anti-Trump sentiment, even in red states. So it's still way completely an uphill climb. Sure. But she's running again because people need someone to vote for. Uh And, And by the way, I should say, this isn't like... She's running for the sake of being on the ballot. She actually wants to do this. Uh Uh, I actually watched a forum. They had a candidate forum. It was her and one guy who was a Republican. She didn't mention any of the religion stuff. She Mm -hmm. didn't even really mention Trump. They talked about local issues and what she cares about. So, serious candidate. But here's what's surprising to me. This should be a Republican gimme, Mm -hmm. right? This is red district. You're running against... uh, You could throw any Republican in there. They should win. The Tennessee State Republican Party decided to basically attack her. Um, The Republican Party chairman, Scott Golden, issued a statement saying, like, watch out for Gail Jordan because she calls herself a, quote, firebrand atheist. Yeah. He goes on to say, she isn't simply non-religious, but actively works to lead people away from their faith. 
have you met Christians? <laughs> like, what do you think proselytization, uh, proselytization is? What yeah. do you think baptisms are? I mean, this isn't a bad thing per se, but religious people always want to bring people into the fold. Mm-hmm. And she's not even trying to proselytize atheism. She's saying, if you want to leave religion, we have some resources to help you out. Uh, The Republican Party went on to say, saying Gail Jordan's radical atheist views don't represent blah, 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 is a gross understatement. She flat out attacks and rejects the fundamental social, moral, and religious beliefs of millions of Tennesseans. And he went on to ask the Democratic governor, I'm sorry, the Democratic candidates for governor to denounce her, basically. Okay. Like, that's what they were doing this for. Hey, Democrats running for governor, say you have nothing to do with her. That's his strategy. They haven't done that. You think they will? uh, No, because, frankly, I don't think they really care. They (laughs) chalk that up to, we're probably not going to win this seat. You said it's a congressional district? Uh, It's a state senatorial Oh, okay. Okay, so it's not even like a, yeah. Local (laughs) local race. Um, so anyway, the fact that they put out a statement against her, mm-hmm. acknowledging her existence, mm-hmm. should be surprising to everybody. Because again, she lost this by 50 points. Yeah, what is their motivation? They must be afraid. I mean... They I... must genuinely think she has a chance to pull this off, which is a long shot, if but they're wasting so are, time so going after her. Like, these long shots are becoming more common. Which is why they're putting out these attack ads. And by the way, I just want to say, like, what is a... I've said this before. What is a radical atheist? Like, what is yeah, a... Yeah, but I mean, like, if they don't understand what an atheist is, you can't <laughs> expect them to use proper nomenclature. Like, right. people still think that atheists are basically people who are angry at God. Right, Source right, right. every Christian movie ever. <laughs> we believe in God. We just hate God. We just God. hate him because our it's mom like, died. Yeah, how is she an extreme atheist? Yeah. Like, I know there are cartoons about this, and people have said it before, but like... The new atheism was basically all the old atheism, but like said out loud. Yeah, and like, and like with coffee in your hand or whatever. That's <laughs> extreme blogging. atheism. Yeah. Um, for her part, she, uh, she. Oh, the funniest part about that attack against her is, I guess last year Gail must have officiated a wedding, a mm. same-sex wedding, <gasps> uh, just like if you're an ordained atheist, like through the ch- online church Which or whatever, I am. you could do it. So she congratulated the two guys who got married on Facebook and she has a picture of the two guys and her arms around them. And the jokey caption she wrote is like, doing my part to destroy the fabric of American society. Yes, Gail, I love you. <laughs> so what did the GOP say in the state? Is there any chance they don't understand tone or sarcasm? Nothing whatsoever. So of course they said she's she wants to destroy the fabric of America, blah, blah, blah. Okay, they're idiots. Um, <sighs> That's it's, fine. It's just funny to me that they're wasting their time, you would think, from their perspective. And resources, And resources. Sure. Granted, it's just a press release, but, like, usually you would just not acknowledge any of this. Mm-hmm. By the way, I talked to Gail after this happened. Um, I actually tried talking to her before it happened. She didn't respond in time, but after I posted my article about this... Uh, she reached out and she's like, I just FYI, this story, which got a lot of attention, she's like, that was the best fundraising day oh, I've had yeah. in this campaign. Absolutely. Which, uh, again, that's why, uh, if you're the GOP, what the hell are you doing? Because anytime you mention your opponent, they're going to use it right. as a fundraiser. And I don't even think she actively did that, but mm-hmm. she got a lot of donations. So, whatever. Good on her. The election is next month. If you live in District 14 in Tennessee, go vote. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, cool. go Gail. That's exciting. That is exciting. 
What else you got? I have one. Uh, I have a couple more for you. One of them is Dennis Prager, a conservative commentator. He does, in big quote hands, Prager University on YouTube, which oh, is like brother. Trump University, but even that had more credibility. It's just his channel where he promotes He's conservative views. Um, and I think he's Jewish. I don't know if he's like uh, a believer versus like just culturally Jewish, more or less. But mm-hmm. he wanted to fight back against this premise that evangelicals are hypocrites for backing Donald Trump because like 81% of white evangelic, um, of evangelicals That's an voted for him. Buddy. Yeah, so he wants to say, no, 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 they're not hypocrites. And his argument was basically... <laughs> was, they're not hypocrites because they care about abortion. And when you look at the candidates in 2016, only Trump was against it. So see, they had to. What he never mentioned and what has to be repeated every time you hear this argument about evangelicals supporting Trump is that I get that they didn't like Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. but by supporting Trump in that election, by voting for him, by not staying home or writing in another candidate, mm-hmm. and by continuing to support him even if you don't like all the stuff he does which mm-hmm. is their common line like oh sure i don't like that he was a racist but but right uh it's that nothing that he did before the election nothing that he has done since and we're talking the white supremacy stuff mm-hmm. the racism the the lack of really caring about domestic violence yeah. the nothing on school shooting you're condoning all of that when you say when you're not actively denouncing this guy mm-hmm. and for the most part, white evangelicals. And I always try to make sure I say white evangelicals because black evangelicals yeah, hated yep. Trump. Yeah, they listen, the black vote is almost always far left. Like, black women are the only people who voted a majority for Hillary Clinton. Like, we should definitely be spending more time courting that vote. Right. And so uh, black evangelicals did not support Trump. White evangelicals overwhelmingly did. And still all the polls that come out where you see like, who are all these people supporting Trump? It's white evangelicals. Mm -hmm. Um, And Prager went on to say, you know, uh, character doesn't really matter because if Christians had cancer, would any of the evangelicals like choose an oncologist based on character? No, you choose the one who will do the job. What? Like, it doesn't matter what these... Like, and then he goes on, because of course this has to happen. He mentions Nazis. And so he says, you know, Oscar Schindler, the, the Schindler's List guy who saved all these Jewish lives, he was a serial philanderer. I'm sure... I'm, Quoting here, I suspect many leading Nazis never cheated on their wives. Character is a complex issue. See, it's okay to support Donald Trump because he doesn't have to be a good guy, morally speaking. He just has to do whatever issue matters to evangelicals, which, whether it's abortion or whatever, again... I'm sorry. I'm not talking. I'm not being yeah. helpful in this podcast. No, I it's just okay. I don't the, know what to say. Just to be clear, when the left criticizes evangelical, white evangelical Trump supporters, it's not because, like, we don't understand that they care about, like, anti-abortion legislation. Mm-hmm. It's because they're the people who keep telling us that, you know, someone like Bill Clinton had no character or Barack Obama secretly didn't have the right character for office, even mm-hmm. though they were both Christian. They're the ones who keep saying you need our religion to be a good moral person. And yet the person they keep defending is pretty much the most corrupt, amoral person you could have found for the presidency. But they won't say that. 
and they keep defending, like, just watch Fox News for a little while. They will do anything they can to prop this guy up because he's giving them the justices that they want. He's nominating them. He says the stuff they want to hear. Like, he can, like, send thousands of (sighs) immigrants back and deport them. But, you know, you get to say Merry Christmas, even though you could always say Merry Christmas, so they won't fight him on this stuff. They, like, the whole... If there's one good thing about Donald Trump, I hope, it's that by the time he's out of office, he will have dragged evangelicals down with him Mm -hmm. because they don't deserve to be thought of as the moral people or that, you know, the moral majority or the religious right. Like, these people are awful. Whatever they say has no credibility because they genuinely don't care if it benefits them. Anything they say about, you know, God makes you a better person... No, it doesn't. We see who you're supporting. But they don't, like, this... They just keep shifting the goalpost onto what makes a quote-unquote good person. Like, of for course. for yeah. them, from what you just told me, them, a good person is your anti-abortion. That is all it takes That's for somebody that, to be. Yeah, you have to believe that Jesus, like, is divine and resurrected, and you have to be anti-abortion. No, That's but not even that, because only... obviously Trump doesn't yeah, believe Trump those doesn't, things. It's obvious on about its face. Yeah. So, so... That, so what I, does it mean to be a good Christian? Apparently the list is, give us the far-right Supreme Court justices we yeah. want, uh, Jesus, somewhere in like the, number just, 40 on the list. It's just so infuriating because you just think about this, like this pro anti-abortion pro-life garbage is, is never and has never prevented abortions. It's never going to, and it never has, and it never will. Like, all it does is prevent safe abortions. So really what you're doing, right. if you say you're... Barack quote, Obama quote, lowered the abortion yes. rate. And, and they hate okay, that guy. Okay, circling back to what I was saying before, you can give anybody... Like, you can give people statistics. Like, the deficit increases under Republicans. But they say it... it they say they're more fiscally responsible, so that's what they believe. Or they say... Uh, See, you're using math and they don't believe the in math. That's the thing! And, like, how can you you're convince somebody facts, of a they thing when they don't, when facts don't matter? And this, I think, goes gets to the heart of why so many atheists are vocal about their atheism. It's that there are people who don't know how to think critically, who don't care what the facts are. They just care about yes. what they believe. And it's not just about religion. It actually has consequences in real life. Yes. And you don't care what the facts are and you just make up whatever you want to believe. And like you said, the shifting goalposts, that's infuriating because there are people who are principled against all the stuff that right. I care about. Right. These people are hypocrites. Yes. I just like I somebody who is like super pro guns. I don't agree with them, but at least I feel like they're generally being intellectually honest in some way. Like they, but just to have people because what they think is most important is their freedom and protecting of their particular family, their homestead, their castle. What I don't and will never get about people who say they're pro life is this thing of like. And this is not an original argument, but you say you're pro-life in that you're against abortion, but you're perfectly okay with people like the the number of food insecure children in this country, in the richest country. Well, they're going to get a box with some canned food. So, girl, what is going on there? But anyway, it's just all to say like you are pro-life until you're until they're born. Until they're born, they're screwed if they're under that sort of. And then it's all about quote unquote personal liberty. So, like if this two year old was dumb enough to be born to a single sixteen year old mother who doesn't have her GED and has to work. 
and like can't afford childcare. Minimum wage is like nickels. So like, wh- how 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 are these the same people who are so concerned about the well-being of fetuses, feti, feti? But don't care about, and like not even talking about adults who are food insecure or women who are battered, children who can't eat. Wh- where are they then? Well, don't worry. We're going to have a military parade because they don't need food. They, we Again, gave up on that, pro- right? I mean, the whole point is they're hypocrites about all this stuff. And the people pointing it out, they deem like enemies and heretics or whatever. Are we still doing the military parade thing? Uh I thought that got dropped. Still arguing about the military parade. How embarrassing! How so? I was again watching MSNBC. Sorry, everybody. Um, (laughs) But somebody came on who was like their talking head from the right, and he did this whole thing about like if Hillary had the same first year as Trump in economically speaking so on and so forth, we would be singing her praises. And it's just because it's Trump means that, like, everything he does is wrong. And I, like, actually sat and thought about that because, A, I don't agree with his promise, period. I think he had That a, we're doing so much better or something. Right. Yeah. I think he had a garbage first year almost every way, objectively, except for the Dow Jones, which he was hanging his hat on, that, like, exploded <laughs> in the last couple weeks. Because so. he just controls the stock market. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But... Mm. What he's, but because it's Donald Trump, quote unquote, like we can't let him do anything right. But the thing is, we cannot pretend to separate the the two things because yes, even if even if economically speaking we were the strongest we've ever been, which I don't think we are. I think that unemployment rates have I think stagnated or at least like not grown at the rate that they did under an Obama presidency and whatever. The Dow Jones is doing what it's doing we still have to deal with the fact that we have a toddler in charge and we are, like, our allies... Who's surrounded by other toddlers. Who's surrounded by other toddlers. And we are losing allyship around the world. We're losing our... We have lost our position of this quote-unquote leader of what, like... You know, I've thought of... I, I don't know how much we've lost that position. I know it's happening right now, but I wonder if all those other countries are like, we'll just ride this one out. I... We'll ignore the U.S. for now, and then when a sane person gets in office, we'll get back in touch. I just feel like the last, I think since the George Bush, I really think since the George Bush, George W. Bush era, when we entered into those wars that were ill-advised, excuse me, and haven't gotten ourselves out of them, I think Barack Obama was well-respected, but I think we were still dealing with so many consequences, and not to say it's like a red versus blue thing, like everybody has their their issues, but we've like muddied ourselves into these like Middle East things that we have no end goal and we have no way of getting out and all we're doing is, you know, just trying to quote unquote spread democracy to places that are not fertile for it. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. I think we've sort of been in decline somewhat. This the anti gay marriage thing was gross. I don't know. Everything's the worst. I'm so cranky. I'm gonna drink beer. Okay, I have one last story for you. Mm-hmm. There is. Tell me, it's a good story. It is a good story. Yay! Uh, it doesn't start good, but it ends. God good. damn it, Hammond! You're welcome. Uh, here's the quick backstory. In New Mexico, in the town of Bloomfield, several decades ago, they. I'm sorry. Uh, in 2011, not decades ago. They, in 2011, they put up a Ten Commandments monument outside a courthouse. Uh, and I'm the sorry, reason where did you say this was? This is Bloomfield, New Mexico. Okay. They put this monument outside the municipal building, and they were pretty clear that 
this was all to promote Christianity. Yeah. Because like, you can't really just uh, have a Ten Commandments monument yeah. for no other reason. Yeah. It was by itself, which the Supreme Court has already said, you can't just have it by itself. Mm -hmm. It's one thing if it was surrounded by a bunch of other monuments that, for example, you know, talk about the history of law mm -hmm. or whatever, but you can't just have the one. They right. specifically ruled on that thing, but they put it up anyway in 2011. So the ACLU... Because laws don't matter. No. The ACLU sent a letter to these people years ago, and they're like, you can't do that. Take it down. We're totally going to sue you if you don't do that. So what did they do? They didn't take it down. Mm. What they tried to do is, oh, we're going to put up some other monuments around it, but like, it doesn't matter what you do after the fact. We all know that it was originally up there to promote Christianity. Right. So the courts don't care about their newfound reasoning. Good. The city basically did not listen to the ACLU. They tried this superficial, putting the monuments around it. The court said, you're lying to us. We know why you put up the Ten Commandments monument. So they lose. They appeal it. They lose. Mm -hmm. A conservative legal group called Alliance Defending Freedom says, don't worry. You can fight this thing. We got your back for free. And this is something I you often hear from Christian legal groups where mm -hmm. they say, you should fight groups like the Freedom From Religion Foundation and Americans United and the ACLU. You should fight them because we will provide you free legal services. I've heard city councilors say this in meetings, like, don't let these atheists bully us into you know, defending church-state separation. Oh, this is supposed to be a happy story. We will have a Christian group that defends us for free. So, of course... That's how you get people work like, yes, let us fight this because they got our best. So brave. So ADF, they, Alliance Defending Freedom, they represent Bloomfield. Mm -hmm. They go to the appeals court. Guess what? They lose. Finally, last, uh, like a month or two ago or a little while ago, they asked the Supreme Court, look at this case and tell us that we're in the right. The Supreme Court in October said, yeah, we're not even going to listen to this case. You, you're totally wrong. Like, I don't know their reasoning, but they so said, we're not listening to this case. We're just going to let the appeals court ruling stand, which huh. is to say the monument's got to come down because it was promoting Christianity. So now, now that it's all over, there's nowhere else to appeal to, this case is over, the city of Bloomfield now owes the ACLU $700,000 in attorney's fees because that's how long this has dragged on. It went all the way up to the Supreme Court. The ACLU said way back when, listen, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. We're right. Here's the letter. Here's the case history to back us up on right. this. So we're giving you fair warning. We will sue, but we're right about this, so just do what we say. Mm -hmm. That's not bullying. That's a warning that we know what we're doing these other groups that are going to defend you, they didn't say this, but, like, they don't know what they're doing. Right. Um, but they didn't listen. Now they're on the hook for $700,000 to the point where today uh -huh. one of the city, uh, one of the attorneys or the attorney for the city was saying at a meeting maybe last night, well, we can try to, like, go fund me our way out of this and try to raise money. But basically, if we can't raise $700,000, we have to dip into our general fund, which is taxpayer money to pay for this, which, good, you deserve it, yeah. and your taxpayers are stupid for electing you. Yeah, I was going to say, like, hopefully the like that sucks that that's what happens, but mm -hmm. the consequences should be, like, the people who promoted this need to be voted out. Right. Um, and again, I just want to reiterate, I've see, I see this in so many articles where they say, 
we should fight this battle because the Christian legal groups say they have our backs. And it mm. doesn't matter whether it's, you know, Liberty Council or Alliance Defending Freedom. They will represent you for free. You don't have to pay them. They but, have to get paid. But they'll get paid through their own groups. Right. But when they lose the case, and they almost always lose these cases, mm-hmm. it's the school district or the city council slash the taxpayers who have to pay the legal bills for the other side. Alliance yeah. Defending Freedom is going to pay that for you, so you're better off listening to us. And the thing is, like, so why would Alliance Defending Freedom even take on this case, even though the ACLU is like, we know we have this in the bag because the case law is on our side? Why would a Christian legal group even take this up? It's because they can fundraise off of this. Imagine what they're going to do now saying, you know, we fought this battle yeah. defending the Ten Commandments monument and those damn liberal courts ruled against us. us uh, but give us money so we can keep fighting these battles on your behalf. They fundraise off of this stuff. They don't care if the city loses because the city always loses these cases. Mm-hmm. That's, and this is the thing I've seen with the difference between like those Christian legal groups and the church state separation groups. Groups like FFRF do, and I've just seen this. I'm not a shill for them. I'm just saying they don't file lawsuits unless they think we're totally going to win or we should win this. Mm -hmm. Or we're trying to make a point, like trying to change the law because it's an unjust law. Mm -hmm. But in that case, they're on the hook for themselves. Right. They don't say to like a parent or a school district, you're doing the right thing. We will represent you. But if we lose, you're screwed. Like, they don't do any of that. Yeah, that's a good point. They fight legal battles that they believe they're going to win. And if there's a question about that, it's mm-hmm. something they're on the hook for. Yeah. But the Christian legal groups, the conservative legal groups are like, no, 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 go ahead and fight this. And then they lose and then they run away. And it's everyone and it else just... who has to pay the price for their irresponsibility because their lawyers don't know what they're doing. And it's not only that, but it's this sort of, I don't know, like this wasting of everybody's time by making this like moral stand. I feel like we, because we see that not just with, you know, the the lawsuits of like, oh, we stood up for you, but you know, when a million times they tried to repeal um, uh, the Affordable Affordable Care Act, what was it, forty something times? A bunch. And and it never was successful. All it did was waste everybody's time. But now these people have this feather in their cap of like, I did my best to mm-hmm. take it. Like it's this weird tilting at windmills, but for the worst possible reason. Yes, I tried to take away poor pe- poor people's insurance, but Ugh. man, those Democrats stopped me from doing it. It's so hard not to be cynical in times like this. Like this yeah, has been a You can be cynical. It's okay. Just vote. I hate being cynical. Get these cynical. people out. Go I run for believe office. In good things. One day. One day. Good things might happen. I have other stuff, but I'm 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 done. I'm done too. So, uh, let's call wh- it. What's your happy thing, Hammond? Oh, sh- I've honestly I been thinking I coach like- I coach a team, public speaking team for like 6 months out of the year, mm-hmm. and it all leads up to like our state tournament. And that's happening this weekend, so I'm off to go do that. Hopefully, good news will come from that. Yeah. But uh, and then Hemet will get his weekends back. I'll get my weekends back, and my life is back. But it when, is fun. once your house is back. <laughs> yeah. Damn flooding. Oh, poor Hemet. Oh, sad. Um, I. But I'm excited about that. Yeah, that'll be great. Uh, where's the state finals? Peoria. Oh, good times. Central Illinois. Yeah, that's yeah. like west of here. Oh, uh, south. Southwest. Yeah. Anyway, Peoria, cool. Yeah. Um, what's your happy thing? God, I've had such a garbage week. Um, I get so last weekend. Yeah, okay, this will be my happy things. So and last weekend, my best my best friend from college came in town. She lives in Louisville, and uh, Friday, the day we 
couldn't record because it was just too much for me to get over there and shit was going snow on. Snow crazy, yes. Yes. Yeah, did I not say the word snow? It's all good. I'm really tired. Um, Drink beer. Thank you. Um, but the day before, it was like, it went from, I was going to have this big Olympics party and everybody was going to be there. It's going to be like, my brother was coming in, a couple of friends were coming in from the city. My friends were coming over. Leslie was coming up from, from Kentucky. Then all of a sudden, this snowstorm moves in and like, <laughs> all of my friends were everything. like, oh, I can't do it. Then yeah. my husband's flight got delayed. So he wasn't even going to be here. He was in California. And I was like, throwing myself the biggest pity party. And I called Leslie and was like, do you think you're still going to be able to make it up here? And she was like, yeah, what do you mean? Like, she, it just, <laughs> oh, that's l- nice of her. Later, she did say that she did not look at the weather and it was 50 <laughs> degrees in Louisville. So it might have been a little naive. But we recorded the first um, episode of Fables. We read the book, uh, Bad Feminist by uh, Dr. Ro- Roxanne Gay, which was extremely good. I did, I want to say here and now, I may have wait, waited until the last possible second to read it, and I had to clean my house, so I listened to it on audiobook, and I listened to it at 1.5 speed so I could finish it, and it was the least pleasant experience. I, it, like, I was just like, my heart was racing the whole time, like, she's talking too fast. Nice. Um, but we did the first episode, we recorded at, like, midnight, we just, like, had a bottle of wine between us and talked about that, and, like, our friendship, and our experiences with feminism, and what the book meant to us. And it was like, it was exactly what I was hoping it would be. It was, you know, us being friends and liking each other and discussing something that I thought was really compelling and good. Um, and so we're going to put that out in the next yeah, week or we two. We will send that out to anyone who gives at least a dollar via the Friendly Atheist podcast. Well, this Patreon one we're going to put on like the regular yeah. feed. Yes, we'll and put then, this one out and then subsequent ones will be to the Patreon supporters. Yeah, so um, I'm excited for people to hear. And I'm actually, I'm also very nervous because I feel like it's very much like us like laid bare as <laughs> just our kind of obnoxious selves. So I'm excited to hear it too. It was, it, it just made me really happy. And um, yeah, so that. How can we find you on the Twitters? Um, I'm at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. Um, you can find my Etsy shop at Bitches Get Stitched Done. Hey, good news. I only have four open orders right now and two of them are about to be mailed out. I am like out of the weeds. Go order your Christmas presents Yeah, now. exactly. Please order right. them now. <laughs> uh, Heaven, where can we find you? I'm in Heaven Meta. You can find me at FriendlyAtheist.com. Oh, you know what I was thinking? Because yep. somebody emailed us. Should we start doing like listener questions at the end of the of episodes? If you have questions, send yeah. them our way. Email FriendlyAtheistPodcast at Gmail. That could be fun if people like want advice or, yeah. or whatever. Or it could not be good and we won't do it. Who knows? <laughs> I'm full of ideas. Most of them are bad. Um, friendly athe- uh, patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to donate um, donate a dollar a month and you can get the bonus episodes that I'm about to record um, thank you very much for listening email us at friendly atheist podcast at gmail.com yep. did I do that already? you did cool Drink well beer. I'm just excited It's I've had <laughs> a half a beer in two and a half hours we'll talk to you next Bye. week